Hello and welcome to the Counter Press Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and I'm joined by Josh Cacho. Tonight, later on, we'll be joined by Joe Lowry. Uh, we're here to do our midseason review. Josh, how you doing? I mean, it is the thick of the funnest season of them all, where we hear every rumor. I mean, next thing you know, Carlos Vela is going to get sold to Saudi Arabia for $75 million, and all will be well. But, you know, like I said, it's, it's one of these situations where... Um, yeah, it's it's always a fun time to be an LAFC fan because we are typically fairly active around this point. This is the this is the transfer window in which the biggest moves have typically happened within the club. So, yeah, it's a good time. Certainly, there's some um, interesting rumors still flying around. LAFC have signed Mario Gonzalez from, uh, I think it's officially from. Belgium, even though he's playing in Portugal. Um, and no, from from Braga, was playing on loan in Belgium. Oh, okay, that's what it was. Uh, and then they signed, um, help me out here, the the Bulgarian. Yes, I don't have to pull his Philip name. something. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a, as a midfielder, looks to be quite the signing. Uh, yeah, this this is just a loan deal, but the purchase option would be next year for seven million. So this would certainly push it into at least a U twenty two, if not a DP signing next year. Um, I guess only time will tell what they what they do with it. And he's part of the city group, correct? Like I think he's yes. part of like a, the city group, and then was loaned out to one of their yeah. one of their feeder clubs to see what they they can develop. Yeah. So. I mean, if they have their eye on him, you know, like I said, if it's even if it's anything close to like a, even like a Tati Castellanos or something along that line, right? There's got there's bound to be something there. It's just a matter of whether or not it fits within what we want to do. Right, and I, it's, it's um, certainly seems to be a rather aggressive signing. It seems like LAFC is leaning into kind of these Eastern European signings. They probably feel like that's where. The market is uh, the most efficient or inefficient. I mean, really you're sure not going to. Are you going to really? Gonna, let's put it this way: you can't go to Argentina because all of them are going to Inter Miami, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, we're 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 up in the air with Uruguay after the Brian Rodriguez fiasco. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, well, who knows what who who knows what the Ecuadorians think of us after after Sifu leaves and not under not the greatest of terms, it seems. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Right. Like I said, it remains. I mean, again, this is all tongue in cheek, and we, you know, obviously, like I'm sure there's guys are going, guys are want are going to want to come sim- for the simple opportunity alone, but, um, you know, like I said, LAFC is on the map after the Gareth Bale move. Right, so you can see how we've actually even been used in in transfer rumors and all these different things, but it is it is interesting to see how it's all kind of played out. Yeah, I do think it's interesting that that they're that they're making the switch. And you brought up a couple of names; they haven't had a whole lot of success flipping South American prospects, right? And I think that's probably the reason that they hold on Diego to Diego Rossi so long because they're looking to you know make that Miguel Amaron size uh transfer and that didn't happen uh it didn't work out with brian rodriguez right um sifu probably should have moved him a while ago but you you paid i think it was like two million to get him in right 
mm-hmm. and he was certainly productive while he was here. Same with Diego Palacios, but it's not like those guys have come in, performed, and then gone out. I think I I have to imagine they were looking for uh, kind of like home run type deals. Yeah, uh, I mean, on the way, out. I think the assumption is they were going like LEFC was the stepping stone to a greater to something bigger, and then they were going to get sold on. Yeah. Whereas they've turned out to be productive. I mean, they won us an MLS Cup, right? Thank you to both of them mm-hmm. for their contributions. You know, but again, I think from a purely business perspective, it is something different than they probably got something different than what they were expecting, right? And again, I think the question becomes what what was more important to the club at these given moments, right? Given where we had slid to, was it more important to be successful domestically to placate the fans or was it more important to sell one of those guys off for big money and not win? Right. right. So right. I do wonder, I do wonder if, like I said, they took a short term loss on a guy like Sifu, for example, who we probably could have sold for a lot more for the opportunity to potentially make a run at CCL or yeah. make a run at the cup or whatever it may be. These things are always going to be fluid. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we can talk about that when we get to our front office grade here. But we're going to go ahead and get into we're going to we're going to grade everybody by position group. Um, we'll start with the forwards and work our way through the back of the formation, move on to Chirondolo and then finally the front office here. But Josh, do you want to get, do you want to get us started with the, should we give some preamble about our letter grades themselves? I mean, everybody understands the A to F, right? Um, yeah. I don't plan on grading on a curve, um, other than an MLS curve is the only caveat I'll, I'll make here, right? Yeah. Uh, this is within MLS. We're not saying somebody that gets an A uh, should be transferred to Real Madrid and play Champions League minutes. Yeah, I think that but pretty much. You want to get up. us going here? Yeah, let's start with the forward group, right? Yeah. Actually, let's start from the back, right? Let's start with our keepers. All right. Because um, obviously, in absence of Maxine Kerpo, right, who who gets somewhat of a um, what's it called? Um, what's the grade where you can, the undecided grade? An incomplete. Incomplete, right? Because yeah. he's been hurt. We go to McCarthy, and I think he started off the year hot, um, and and played has played really well in moments, but obviously some of his deficiencies have come into play. And again, we're not grading on a curve, so again, the curved grade would be slightly higher because he's right. He's the backup asked to play big minutes kind of thing, right? But in in his current role, I think he's somewhere around uh, B to B minus is what I would probably stick with. Yeah. He's been fine, but has had, I don't think he's played well enough to to have an A. Um, and again, I don't think he deserves any lower than a B minus given given kind of the where he's been at. Yeah, I I think I'm, I think I'm actually grading a little bit lower just because I don't, I don't know what we're really doing with that position. Uh, aside from waiting for Max Kripo, which is fine. And again, because we're not on a curve, uh, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to give a C because it's a passing grade. It's what you expect from a backup. Um, you're waiting, you're waiting for Kripo to come back. Jakubovic was fine in the open cup when he, when he showed. And apparently there's a guy, with the last name of Romero, who's also a goalkeeper. <laughs> that, That's not the Thomas Romero from before. Right, right. Not the same one. Um, so, yeah, passing great. There are things that McCarthy does that are great. Um, he, he seems to be in the right spot at the right time to stop a lot of shots. 
Uh, but he is also not great with his feet, really struggles to, to distribute the ball. Um, and if he's pressed, sometimes you wonder if the ball's ever going to come off his foot and they're just going to give up a, when playing it out of the back goes wrong type goal. So, yeah. I mean, that inability to play from the back right is probably the biggest concern given given how much, how beneficial it could be should he be more proficient, right? Yeah. Um, because again, the way that teams are playing against LEFC at times, having some having that that last quote unquote midfielder, right, or however they describe that the sweeper keeper and their ability to to play from the back, um, does tend to open things up in terms of your ability to switch. If if you have a guy who can distribute, you know, again, we're not asking them to be Ederson or Allison or one of these worlds because if he was, he wouldn't be at LAFC. He and he definitely wouldn't be the backup. Yeah. 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 So you know, again, but you see Max's ability when he's when he's healthy to be able to distribute to do to be able to make play late line breaking passes at time to the mid you know into the midfield that would be really beneficial now, especially again if you're going to have to play an Aaron Long next to next to them or something like that. And again, when yeah. you just have guys that aren't that proficient, too many of them stacked up, it does become a problem at some point. Right. Right. Okay, Josh, moving on to fullbacks. What do you got? Whew. I, I'm going to give them a fairly good, fairly high grade. Because yes, it's because a group I, project? Yeah. It's, it, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it's, we're, we're grading the whole position. But yeah. even then, right, like I said, I think they've all played really well in, when, when called upon. I think there was like a span where Hollingshead just looked like he was toast after his injury. Right, but he looks like he's rounded back into form yeah, yeah. and into fitness and so on and so forth. But you know, so I'm gonna go B plus actually with the mm-hmm. full for the fullbacks because I think when Palencia has been available was available before he got hurt, was excellent. Right. Yeah. Um Palacios has been very good for the majority of the season. Obviously he has his moments. I think again he could give you a little bit more, but I think some of that is the game model, right? He's asked to be in this weird position where Sometimes they ask him to do more than he should, and sometimes and they don't really give him help with yeah. the midfield, right? Sometimes, yeah. but I think when when he does what he's asked, he generally plays fairly well. And then same thing with Hollingshead. Like I said, when he's asked to combine and play offense, has looked good. Except like I said, except for the spell where he just looked like he had no, he was just out of fitness after that lung injury or whatever it was, or yeah. chest injury. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the B plus with that for that group. I guess I'm just going to be the Debbie Downer. Uh, I'm going to give them a straight B, uh, which isn't that much of a difference. But um, I do all those caveats about like game model, all that stuff. I take into account here. I think Palacios has been really strong. Um, I think he gives you something in the attack that you don't get at that position typically in MLS, which is a big bonus, right? At left back to be able to have somebody that can beat guys on the dribble, send in uh, good crosses. He can attack cutting inside as well when when that's on. Um, I, I liked what I saw from Palencia and the few appearances that we got from him, right? It gives you a very different look to what Hollingshead gives you, which is more of an inside uh, threat, set-piece threat. And Palencia's down the line and creating from there. Um, Palacios getting himself into trouble, uh, getting booked unnecessarily so much 
comes in. I take that into account because like we saw a suspension. Which game was that where, where he was suspended? And it was like a, during that important stretch where he was suspended. I think it was the Galaxy game, right? He was yes. suspended for the Galaxy match at the Rose Bowl. And so it's like, you got to take, you got to play a little bit smarter there, right? It's unfortunate that all three have missed time and that they're set up to be, you know, kind of skinny in that position as it is with with Hollingshead being a bit of a, of a swing fullback. But that's not their fault. It's the front office's fault, right? So um, solid performances. I would love to see Hollingshead get get back on the score sheet some more. That was, I think, an underrated part of LAFC's dominance last year was the ability not only to have center backs get forward and score, but also uh, like an attack-minded fullback that could do it from open play and from set pieces as well. So I'm going to go with a B. Josh has a B plus. Um, next one is center back, Josh. Who obviously this is going to be a probably a little bit more contentious because of because of what we've had, but I'm going to go with a C plus yeah. with with the center backs because again I think they've had moments right injuries have really been the ones to de- to derail to derail their season like I said I think they've they, once they were tra- finally starting to find the flow in terms of having Mario plus a combination of long or Chiellini, then everyone started to get hurt and their breakdown or so on and so forth. So yeah. this is where, this is where I think, like I said, the, you were, you run into some issues um, with, with that team because again, because again, I think playing Palacios and long against some of these teams where you're going to have to be more proficient, more proficient from playing from the back. It just, is not non-existent. Same thing with Mario, but at yeah. least when Mario and Long are together, you know you're going to get, you're going to be really defensively sound, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so again, obviously injuries have played, I think, the biggest role in in their grade, and again, but again, they're and the flow of it. But I think the way the guys on Happy Foot Sad Foot brought it up, right? It's like there was no reason to pay long as much money as you probably did given some of the other deficiencies that you had but you could have gone out and got a matt hedges or one of these random mls vets outside of long to play for the veteran max right the 600k not not into tam territory you know which probably leaves you in a better position you know for some of these other signings or maybe you don't have you maybe you figure out a way to deal with chicho or who knows what right but um what the potential what that potential could have been um, but still f- feels like they overpaid there and the production hasn't met the price tag. And then across the board, I don't think they've really excited, you know, they've really proved themselves to be worth anything higher than that at the moment. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm just going to give a straight C again, <laughs> uh, just slightly lower than you again here. Maybe I'm just the mean teacher. Um, I I think you hit most of it, right? If you have Chiellini there, you're going to get great play, but he's not available. So like, that's a downgrade for him. Uh, we all know Aaron Long's deficiencies with the ball at his feet. Sure. He's very dominant in the air and he's going to, he's going to help protect crosses from coming. You know, he's going to be able to win crosses that are coming in and, and head them away. Uh, Mario is solid as always. 
Uh, Daniel Maldonado is better with the ball at his feet than some of the others, but just loves to give away free kicks and penalties. The decision-making is poor. It's, It's, yeah, like, and at this point, you don't want to resign. You don't want to pick up the the option on that contract. I, I think the writing's on the wall as they just announced that they re-signed Eddie Segura. Uh, so I think I think Maldonado's probably on his way out. Again, streaky good performances here and there, but um, I think what they've been asked to do in the way that, like, man, I, I really can't get over the fact that Chirondolo put out three center backs in the CCL final. And that was the result that you got where you just got absolutely barnstormed. Right. And so you're sacrificing from a position of strength uh, on the forward line to add another center back to the field and you still just get walloped. Um, So for me, yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a passing grade. They haven't actively harmed your team, but they're not out there enabling any, any type of like, real possession or attacking play. Yeah. So again, when, when the, all they're doing is hitting long balls. Like I said, it's hard to go any higher. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. Keelini will hit one every now and then that looks good. Right. But that's different. But, like, yeah, that's, he, but he that's almost, because you know that he can and will, it's almost like you almost don't even pay attention to it as much, unfortunately. But also because of that, right. Because when he's in there, they know that that's the play. You can right. defend it a lot differently than if you're able to play, you know, if you have to play through both center backs or both of them can be progressive, it makes it a lot harder to, of you course. know, the, the field is now more wide open as opposed to being a lot more narrow when yeah, you, can, yeah. you don't even yeah. have to worry about half the field. Yep. All right, Josh, the midfield. I think this one, this one is tricky. <laughs> Ooh, I am going to go C minus. Mm. I'm going to be pretty harsh on this one because, again, maybe it, it has more to do with the game model, right, than anything else. But if that's the game model, you got to get more from your midfield. Um, because, again, if you're going to lump the ball forward, then you got to have the press. But the press hasn't even been there. It's been slow. It's been late. Yeah. It's been, you know, they look exhausted. Again, so there's a lot of factors that come into play here. Um, I think there's been bright moments. Right. But again, the midfield doesn't do much to connect. It doesn't do much to build in possession. It doesn't do much. Period. Right now. Yeah. Right. Um, again, you have moments from Elie, moments from from um, Bogush when he's been there. But, you know, Tillman when he first came in. Right. And it looked different. And maybe, like I said, the game model has shifted a bit. But, you know, again, when they're pressing with Tillman and, and Acosta, it looked great to start the year off. Yeah. But that when the fitness issue struck, then it just seemed to fade and they just don't seem like they have enough. And so it's hard for and it. And especially when the games mattered most, the midfield seemed to disappear more and more and more. Right. And so, again, yeah. you know, you, especially when you're talking about these important games, go just go to the Galaxy game. You get overrun by Pooch, Brugman and, and Delgado. Right, like they easily outplayed our three. Um, you go to the CCL, like they're just non-existent in terms of buildup. So, yeah, like I said, it's hard for me to give them any higher than that. Yeah, I think this is where I give the incomplete grade, and maybe that's leniency, like too much leniency on my part, uh, because Acosta and Tillman were out for so long. 
Um, Sifu has was not good mo- throughout most of the season. He's had some really strong games. Uh, I'm trying to think of which which game it was that he had that kind of like crazy assist to uh, to Vela and then the goal at the end where he shushed his own crowd. Oh yeah, it was like was that San Jose? Last, yeah, it's like not the one last game, but the one right before that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, some really, some really like positive games, but a lot of them are like what I what stands out to me most is time and time again him on the ball around goal, taking too many touches and getting dispossessed. Yeah. Um, well, it's inconsistent, right? That that, that that's yeah. Sifu. It's it's so up and down. Yeah, right. You have moments where he looks like a twenty five million dollar midfielder. And then moments where he looks like the one million dollar midfielder that we couldn't wait to get rid of, right? So, yeah, they're like your begging Rangers, like, "Hey, please pay this fee before before his contract's mm-hmm. up." <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, Ilya's Ilya's good. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna give you solid minutes there, but he's also gonna run out of steam because he's old, right? And it, you're mm-hmm. asking him to play the six by himself, game in and game out. Um, Duenas has been a bright spot. Uh, in the minutes that he's gotten when he's played outside the midfield, he's been dreadful. Um, so to me, it's like, I can't. And then Bogic is, you know, one of the better midfielders that you have, but you mostly played him as, as a forward that'll come into play later. But it's like, so it's, like, I don't, I don't know. I have, I don't even really know who I'm grading. Sifu's gone. Acosta and Tillman have been out. Uh, Bogic hasn't really played there. And Ilya is like an old man out there. <laughs> trying to hold it all together with whoever's around him. And Dwayne, yes, you know, gets minutes here and there. So that's why I'm going to say incomplete. I think if I was forced to give them a grade, I'm probably a C minus with you. Um, but I, 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 I think there's more to this group than that C minus. And I think that's why I'm kind of like, ah, oh, we gotta, we gotta see them more before we get the final, the, the final tally here. But all right, Josh, the one everybody wants to do is the forwards, right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with a B. Okay. And because I think they're, they're, they're really your Buanga was bright and he's really, and they're your only output, right? So the team yeah. isn't where it is without the forwards being brilliant at some point. And in some, I would moment. say one forward being brilliant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and again, like, but, but I think this, it also comes down to, it's like, the, the roster construction wasn't what it needed to be for them to be as efficient as it could be, right? Yes. Because again, I think if you put Gonzalez there from the very beginning of the season, the way that he played, again, this is me speculating based on 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 what it what it seems like he's good at, right? In terms of being a poacher, finding finding positions, you know, he can score multiple ways. Um, looks like he has good movement into the box. It's the one thing that we've missed all season long was just intelligent movement opposite of Vela or Buanga, yeah. right? So it's like yeah. Vela and Buanga can move all they want, but if the third guy doesn't match the movement, right, in this dance that we call, you know, the attacking third, it's only it's never going to quite come off in the way we would like. Right, right, yeah. Um, so I've. This is, a, this is a tough one because the highs are high and the, and the lows are lows with the forwards, right? Um, you said a B. Mm-hmm. I'll get because it's I'll, hard I'll, for it's hard for a, me to say like you know the because again they have they have zero help the midfield does nothing to yeah to, 
to to give them anything. So right, right. They're purely creating chances on on their own or maybe off a cross. But yeah, no, I, I'm I'm good with a B. I think the highest grade I could possibly give on the team is probably like an A minus for Bowanga, mm-hmm. where he's all the offense, but at this point, because he's all the offense, he's also pressing it too much and trying to do too much on his own and getting himself into trouble all the time. So it's like, you can't even give him a solid a right. Because he's starting to miss on like opportunities where he could play the ball off after he attracts all the pressure. Right. So that's what, that's what makes it tough for me. I think. Um, so a B for me, Vela has again, come on and off throughout the season with good performances and then kind of not great performances. He's always going to give you something, but it's not always all that much. Um, But he's old and that's what that, I mean, again, maybe that's the the curve, but it's like, don't grade on the curve. (laughs) Yeah. Like my ex, but it's like my expectation wasn't for him to be the one that drove. Right. Right. That drove the, drove the bus. Right. It was for him to be a a valuable part of it. Right. But mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't the wasn't the main driver, you know that. And it was it was clearly Buanga. The issue just becomes it was like who was that that missing piece, and we just never got it in this first half of the season. Yeah, yeah, or well, at least consistently. Mean, yeah, and that goes back to the the idea that you had Chicho, and now you don't, right? And from the beginning of the season, you see them struggle because it's it's one of three guys really producing anything. Apoku. Uh, played pretty well sometimes and pretty poorly other times. Buke, mostly not great. Bogic, out of position, right? Sifu has played minutes there and has not been good. So it's just kind of like all over the place. Overall, they've produced enough and Bowanga kind of carries them them forward, yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, I'm, I'm good with a B there. Uh, Josh, what do you have for the manager, Steve Toronto? Ooh, I'm going to give him... Again, I love Trendolo, but this particular season, I just haven't seen the same, the same adjustments that I'm I got used to seeing last year. So I'm going to go with a C plus. Right again, mm, they're okay. they're in a good position overall. They did what they could to manage the manage the minutes and all these different things. All th- all things considered, but I just didn't see enough. Again, usually again, I I was just expecting more more of an adjustment than than we got. Yeah, I so I I'm I'm gonna give him a B minus a little bit higher this time. Um they are in a decent position. Um I don't think he's used I don't think he's used players always in the right way. Bogic is a is a great example, right? Um I don't think he got the CCL final right at all. And I think he would admit to it because he made those changes at halftime, right? Three subs at halftime uh, is always going to be, that's always a sign that, hey, we got this one wrong. Um, but they did, he did manage all the, like all those different competitions for several months, um, which I, and, you know, they're still a second in the West. They're, it's like ninth or 10th overall in the league, which isn't great, but um, there's, there's a little bit something that you can like point to and say, Hey, you've done, you've gotten us this far. Good job, Steve B minus. Right. Um, the, uh, man, the three, the three center back thing in the CCL final just really kind of crushes me still. Yeah. Like I mean, I, re- again, I, 
I realize you just got Chiellini back. So you're like, oh, let's put him back in. But let's protect him is like, ah. But to also play him in the middle of it as opposed to on the left where I think he would have been more effective as the shuttling center back. And then to have Long be that guy who will only play sideways and backwards passes. I mean, you, you get what you're asking for there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you hear my cat, I just got home, uh, and he's really mad that nobody was home for five days. So, apologies for the cat. Um, all right, Josh, the front office. I'm going to give it the front office because we know that we have Garces and we also have uh, JT there. So it's like it feels unfair to just to give one all the credit or all the blame at this point. So front office, Josh. I'm going to go A minus in JT we trust because I think. A minus. Yeah, A minus. Because I think, again, the pieces are there. Outside the the minus is the Chicho, letting Chicho go somehow or another and choosing. And I probably could have been a lot more harsh if if, if it was truly the case that they chose Sifu over Chicho. But again, we don't, we're not quite sure. And if the. Um, and if that was. But otherwise, I do like the pieces that he brought in, right? I do think that at some point they'll hit, they'll hit because you see the flashes and it does make sense. I think you just need a few more players to put it all to sew it together, and I'm hoping those are what we're about to see, right? In terms of you know, I think Gonzalez is a good piece, and then I'm bringing an attacking midfielder in, um, you know, it is also part of that. Yeah, I so I agree that the two signings do address like some holes. Um, Josh, it's really hard for me to get over the the Chicho uh, sale, and then selling him is one thing, but not having a proper strike. You and I have talked about this a lot. Not having a proper striker on this roster to take you through the beginning of the season, and then CCL just still is so confusing. And I'm 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 all about Mario Gonzalez coming in. But to me, it's a, it's another sign that, hey, we got this. We we always knew that we needed a nine. And we're not waiting for Bobby Firmino to come in, right? We're going to go grab this guy from Belgium. And again, I'm happy. Like, this is the t- this is the profile that works for them. Christian yeah, but Ramirez, with him being, Dio, with him being on loan, maybe you couldn't have gotten them. Again, And this is this is maybe where the business aspect gets in the way of, the, of what they really want to do. Because again, I think... The um and maybe again I'm giving too much credit there because I think there I do think they had guys identified. It's just a matter of working, working the dumb system that can be, yeah, you know yeah. the MLS roster rules. So yeah, no, I, I I get all that, but again, if it's like if if Mario Gonzalez was the guy, then okay, got it. We had to we had to go six months without a striker for that. I'm I like I'm I'm ready for him to be the guy, but. <laughs> That's a weird. That's just a weird thing to say. We're gonna roll the dice in CCL because we think this he's going to be such a big impact. This guy in Belgium, right? And again, I don't want to discount Gonzalez. I think he's gonna be just fine. He might even be great. I don't know. Um, or you thought me, you were gonna get just, more from? Yeah, or you thought you were gonna get more from Buke and from Bogus in those positions? Which again, we found out that yeah, yeah, they're truly truly wingers and midfielders, right? As opposed yeah. to you know, uh, pretending that they can play the night. Right. So, yeah, I, I'm, it's going to be a B for me with the hope of, you know, maybe this uh, shift to Eastern Europe and signing a bunch of players from there is going to uh, pay off a little bit more than 
some of the South American players. But all right. The good news is Josh and I are done talking because Joe Lowry has joined us and he's going to make sure that we have all of our grades nice and tidy. He's the, he's the real teacher here. So we're just here to, to listen. Joe is muted right now. I think I muted him and then he muted himself. Oh, he is. He's unmuted now. Is he unmuted Welcome now? to the show. Yes. You're unmuted. Yeah. Uh, I, I think very much it's the other way around. If you guys are the teachers <laughs> and I am, I am the one trying to learn, there are so few folks that are as dialed in on any given team in Major League Soccer as you guys are dialed in on LAFC. It's a, it's, I, I told you guys this before, but it is an invaluable resource for me. I really, really appreciate everything that you guys do, and it's, it's awesome to be back. Yeah, it's been a little while. I think I think last year was the last time we had you on. It's always it's always a, a pleasure to have you here. Uh, I we want to point out to our listeners that Joe is smack dab in the middle of covering all cr- kinds of crazy stuff: uh, the Women's World Cup, Leagues Cup, who knows what else. Um, you're you're a busy man, Joe. Joe. Things, things are a little weird right now, I won't lie, with Women's World Cup games every day on the other side of the world making for very weird time zones. I have, I've managed to mostly salvage my sleep schedule, which I'm, I'm really grateful for. I don't think that applies to everybody. <laughs> so like I, I've tried to complain about the kickoff times as little as possible. Yeah. Recording games, watching them the morning before we record over on the Total Soccer Show has served me very, very well. Uh, yeah. I, I can't complain. Soccer's fun. It's good to have a lot of soccer. For the most part, and Leaks Cup's been weird and crazy and messy here for some reason. It's yeah. it's a bizarre time to be a soccer fan in the United States. It is it is quite crazy. Josh, uh, anything? Any questions for Joe before we have him set fire to our grades here? Joe, can you please give me a grade on the Philippines women national team? I knew, I knew here we go. Here we go. I you, knew as soon as we started talking women's World Cup. Um. I will give them, I'll give them a, man, I don't know what, I don't, I genuinely don't know how to do this. I will give them a B. I feel like you, you make it to the World Cup. That is an awesome, awesome thing. It's been really genuinely very cool to see a lot of, of teams that we haven't seen at a lot of these major tournaments come in and do damage. The only reason why the Philippines getting three points, which is awesome, aren't higher is because I thought they had a legitimate chance to kind of do something when group A was as weird as group A was mm-hmm. to get out and, and, and maybe actually make it into the last 16. I think B is probably a little harsh. Let's bump that up to a B plus. It's, it's been really fun to see a lot of these different teams. The counter press in me wanted to give them like a C plus because the midfield was non-existent. <laughs> but, I, but the fact that I got to stay up with my daughter, watch, watch it, see oh, cool. them compete for the first time, see that first goal being scored in the history. And then we're actually going to be uh, going, heading back to the Philippines in about a month's time and to see the sport. We're really just excited to see how the sport has grown and to see, you know, cause again, so they actually played the last game and unfortunately it was that last game, but it was shown in every big mall. They had watch parties in every large wow. mall across the country. And usually the only time that ever happens in the Philippines is for Manny Pacquiao fights. So wow. this was, mm. it was big time what it, what it led to. And we just hope that it's going to continue to spur on the growth of the sport because again, they've had a contentious relationship with football over the years because of the role that colonization played um, from the Spaniards and then from the U.S. coming in and making basketball super popular and these different th- types of things. And so soccer has been on the back burner, right? If it's not boxing or basketball or what is the one that they kept referring to, the beauty pageants, right? It's it's 
tends to be on the back burner of people's minds. But, you know, you do hope that, again, I honestly think when you look at Filipino culture and you look at football culture, they are a match made in heaven. So I do hope that, again, this is just the start of big things back there. And so it'll be interesting because like, we're going to head back there. I'm hoping that Kirk brings the uh, the, the football camps out there for us <laughs> and, and we can do a little uh, Flagstaff Revolution camp at, out in the yes. middle of in Mindanao. So we'll go from there. If you can get me out there, Josh. I am down. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's super cool. Well, uh, Joe, so we went through, we did position groups, uh, and then the manager and the front office. I think you caught the tail end of that front office discussion, uh, when you joined, but, um, we were, we start at the back and work our way forward. Um, so you ready to do this thing? Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk. All right. So, uh, goalkeepers, now I should the one caveat that we're going to add is uh, the only the only curve we we are grading on is an MLS curve. So in MLS, the example that I gave is just because we give somebody an A. I don't think anybody got an A. Josh gave one A because he's so soft. Uh, <laughs> you gave an A minus to Borg. So <laughs> uh, if they get an A, they're not this. We're not advocating for anybody to you know for Real Madrid to buy them and right. play. Them they're not being a, anointed. Yes. Right. Uh, this is within the league. Uh, that's the only curve. Um, and we start off with goalkeepers and it's basically John McCarthy, who's a backup, but no curves. So we gave him a B minus from Josh and a C from me. Uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on the goalkeeping position at LAFC so far during the season? I think it's been mostly fine. I, I don't think it's been great. And your yeah. grades reflect that. I, I also don't think it's been bad. And so I would, I, maybe that is the definition of a C, I would probably give a little bit of a boost, all things considered, when you're average in MLS. I think in, in some ways that maybe means you're above average or maybe we're just thinking about this all mm. a, a little bit wrong. He's Show been, some <laughs> backhanded <laughs> shots at MLS goalkeeping. There, there Watch are, out. Truthfully, there are just not a lot of, of really good goalkeepers in the league this year. There have been yeah. three that have really stood out, and there's probably a, a few more after that. But Daniel for San Jose has been kind of a, of a revolution for the Quakes. Roman Berkey, I thought that was a really bad decision from St. Louis in, in the amount of money and resources that mm. they spent on Roman Berkey. He's been worth every bit of it for them yeah. so far this year. Yeah. He's been awesome. And then Georgie Petrovich is in the news right now. Will he leave the Revs feeling more and right. more like that's the right. case? And then you've got sort of like Brad Stuver and Andre Blake and some of those kinds of players. McCarthy's not in that tier for me, but he's above two-thirds of the starters in MLS, maybe maybe like three-fifths of them. So I will go yeah. ahead and give him a B-. minus. I think he's been fine, but not really spectacular. And I would imagine that job will go back to Maxime Kripot. What One other beat on, on goalkeepers, though. Like, it's not unimpressive that John McCarthy, who's been a backup throughout his MLS career, comes in, performs an MLS Cup enough to get the team that yeah. win last year, which was awesome. Like, I was at... I guess it was the bank then. It's BMO now. I was I was in yeah. the stadium, and that was like just a bonkers game. And for John McCarthy to come off the bench and do what he did was impressive. And to come in and hold down the job and not generally be the reason why this team is dropping points, I think that yeah. is impressive. Even if, you know, when you sort of strip all that context away, you just look at the performances, it, it's maybe not amazing. Yeah, yeah. I did 100%. So Josh, uh, he said B-. minus. I just decided we're going to make this into a game now. Uh, so Josh has one point since he got the closer grade to Joe. <laughs> uh, whoever gets to be Joe's friend 
That's I think that's the prize here. We're friends, Josh. Uh, you and me. At the end of the, at the the end. Well, game's not over yet, Joe. You might be stuck with me too. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So moving on to fullback, I'm not going to say who it was now that gave each grade. Mm. Uh, they got a B and a B plus, respectively. Uh, well, not respectively. B and a B plus um, for the fullback position at, at LAFC. I, w- I would roll right in that range. I'm having a really hard time differentiating between one and the other. I'll try to skew more positive just because I think in general, <laughs> LAFC are, are doing well this year. There have been yeah, some real yeah. stumbling blocks along the way. But man, you look at the performances, even in the midst of that losing streak post-CCL final, like some, some bad results to the Dynamo, like you, you sort of unpeel some maybe fortunate finishes and this team is still kind of chugging along. I think there's another gear for them to hit just like there's another gear for all of the top teams in MLS to hit right now. But I, I think they've been good. And, and by and large, the fullbacks have been good as well. So I'll go with the high end of that spectrum. I think Palacios at left back has really developed into a very, very nice player. I think it was the season's kind of run together for me at this point, but it was last year sort of that was his big breakout season, wasn't it? Or maybe it was the year before? Last year. Josh is nodding. Yeah, it started, I mean, out, been, it started been out solid. Rough, but second half of last year really came into his own under Trinolo, um from like, a defending and attacking position this, this season, I think a lot of the same, but has just decided to be like, make the pro MLS pro refs, like the bane of his existence. Cause he's picked up like 17 yellow cards this season already. <laughs> yeah. It is like every other game, at least it's, it's a yellow card for dissent with him. Um, it's like, dude, come on now. Uh, but so it looks like Josh is, uh, Winning two to nothing right now. He could, chose could be in B trouble plus. with my mantra. I mean, this wasn't intended to be a shot at you. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. a big fan. I think you, in terms of this game, you might be in a tough spot, but yeah. hopefully we'll find some balance. I, I just think in general, Hollingshead and Palacios have been two of the better fullbacks in the league. Yeah. Like we, sh- no, we should agreed. always agreed. take all-star selections with a massive, massive grain of salt. But Ryan Hollingshead is is one of the better fullbacks in MLS, yeah. and it was good that he was there. Palacios wasn't in that squad, was he? I I'm trying to remember. He wasn't. Uh, no, I think I think the only guy that made it other than that was Belanga, right? No, it was oh, Belanga, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and Hollingshead. So okay. I mean, I, I think Hollingshead's deserving. You can make an argument for Palacios. He's always in that kind of top three, top five left backs at this point, and that's yeah. that's a fine spot to be in. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, the one that everybody loves to tune into the counter press for. Center back, uh, they got a C and a C plus here. Yeah, so I'm just going to assume Kirk gave the C and Josh gave the C plus, given our pattern so far. Joe Lowry. Um, I, I Just to keep the game interesting, I will go with the C, assuming that's Ooh. Kirk's grade. You can give him a D. Nobody's going to argue. I don't I don't think I would give them a D. <laughs> Again, like relative to every other team in Major League Soccer, some of the issues we saw with SKC early in the year that we've yeah, seen with yeah. the Galaxy over and over again. Like, this team is still objectively in a better spot than that. It, I shouldn't mm-hmm. say objectively and, said, and then say in my view, but, I mean, that's that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. I will say I, I have been disappointed in some ways with how the minutes have had to shake out here, and there have been some injuries and, and some other reasons why that gets very, very difficult. And I'm curious to see what the, the last third of the season will look like in that spot. But Chiellini hasn't been available as, as much as you know, you'd know like yep. him to be. Ideally, you want him to be an every game kind of guy. Aaron Long is who he is. He does some good things, and he does a lot of things very poorly. You guys have talked about that at length. I won't add anything new there. Maldonado, I, I don't think has been very good. I have not ever really been impressed by him. He feels like a fourth center back on the roster kind of player. And he's had to yeah. with Chiellini. 
maybe be a bit more than that. And that's actually, mm -hmm. I, I think, a real danger. So I'm curious, you guys have more context on this than I do. With Mamadou Fall, who I'm, I'm a massive fan of, <laughs> I think he's yeah. just incredibly yeah. entertaining. He's back, he's played. Is he gonna be here? Or or I don't really know. I don't I don't not I don't have my ear to the ground like a lot of folks covering this league do. What's what's happening with Mamadou Fall? It's it's tough to say. I mean, he's back, is what we can say, okay. right? I think the fact that he is back kind of shows how odd this position has been yeah. for LAFC this year, where you come into the season and you're like, who's who's ever gonna play center back? Because we all kind of assumed Segura was going to be back. It wasn't really clear that he had injured his ACL again. Yeah, it was not communicated very well. Right. Or, or clearly. So it's yeah. like, well, Segura will be back and Chiellini's still here. And now we're signing Aaron Long. And, oh, now we got this Maldonado guy. Jesus Murillo's there, falls on, on loan. It's like there's six center backs that you could point to to be like, all these guys should probably be playing. But... Maybe we'll go to a back three. Like maybe maybe they're shifting in, into the into a different. Oh, game they did model. go to that back three, Kirk. Don't you worry. About that. <laughs> Not in the right way. They didn't. <laughs> um, so it's like it, it, there was a lot of confusion around it, and then it turns out, oh, we're still we're sticking with a you know two center back system, which is fine. I love that idea. Um, and then Mario gets injured. Segura's out for a long time um, with an ACL injury, and then. Mamadou Fall comes back and it's like, oh, well, maybe like we don't we, we just don't know. I, I assume he's probably going to stick around for through the end of the year because transfer window is about to close. But um, I don't I and they, they kind of need him, to be honest. But I, if he gets sold in, in the winter, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, um, I don't I don't know. Josh, do you I mean, it, it he finds himself in a weird position right? because I think he definitely fell out of favor towards the end of hit that run there like where he started yeah. out hot looked good S seemed to be some disagreements with with how he was being used and what his role would be with with keeling the incoming and eventually and some of that dissent i think eventually led to where he, he wasn't playing and then it got loaned out to valencia so valencia villarreal 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 right and so with with that I do think that there's there's room for him to probably work himself back in. But the issue that you're going to run into now is that you just paid Aaron Long a TAM contract. And so where does fall fit into that, right? And are you going to be able to stomach benching an Aaron Long for a fall given the amount that you've invested? Does the it answer make sense? is yes. Yeah, we will stomach it. Yeah. <laughs> you we, know, yet at, yet Steve, at the same... call me. I will talk you out of playing right. Aaron Long over Mamadou Fall. I promise. Yet at the same time, right? Like, I do think, though, that, like, from an intangible standpoint, like, Long brings stuff that Mamadou Fall can't even touch at the moment. And in absence of Chiellini, who is that guy on the defensive line that really sews it together? And yeah. I think Long does that to a certain degree. Because, again, when Long has played with Mario, they've looked, they, again, you're not going to get much from the back in terms of passing, but they've looked really defensively sound when you had Palacios, Long, uh, Long, Murillo and Hollingshead across the back four. You, you know, like you lose some passing that Chiellini brings when he's available, but you weren't going to get dunked on, in, you know, in, on set pieces. Um, mm -hmm. They're they're generally going to stay with just about anyone, because especially because both of them are pretty good at, at you know, defending on the run. But when now you play them with, play, you know, you're, you stick Maldonado in there and something like that, again, I just don't know 
what that looks like from a leadership yeah. standpoint when you when you insert a fall who's already had issues in that same realm with that group again and then who's he going to play over Chiellini as well Chiellini is the linchpin you know when it's when he when you when he's healthy yeah yeah it's it's not an ideal situation it hasn't been i'd be optimistic that it's going to get a heck of a lot better between now and the end of the season given the players they brought in there's still instability i think we've we've gotten in there pretty deep at this point but I think the talent is there. You can fit the pieces together. And ideally, over the last, I don't, shoot, you know, 10, 12 games, whatever's left in the season, add in League's Cup and you got a little bit more. Hopefully, Maldonado isn't the top minutes getter at center back because I, I believe he has been so far. If you're pretty much in any other spot by the end of the year, or at least even between now and the end of the year, this grade probably gets bumped up somewhere in the Bs just because of the, the sheer talent level that's in this player group. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right. So we're two to one here. Only because Joe <laughs> wants to keep things interesting. Uh, so the midfield, uh, one incomplete and one C minus. Oh, the incomplete so, is a wild card. I love that. Yeah, this I, is, uh, I didn't know we could do the incomplete. This is I'm kind a of a fan. mess here. No, we um, just make stuff up. <laughs> I like it. Um, okay, so I, I will be higher than both of you. And I know that the midfield, I think the very first time I ever came on the show, we spent a lot of time talking about the midfield and the lack of real creator types in that space. It always has felt mm-hmm. like more workers than anything else or or workers and connectors, right? Ilya Sanchez is, is a connector. Jose Fuentes probably straddles a line between those two things, but he's not a playmaker. Kellen Acosta is, I'm not a big Kellen Acosta guy, so he, he's just like a fine <laughs> MLS player. And then Tim Tillman is is a good connector and awesome. very calm oh, on the ball. <laughs> it's, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's true. It's been a longstanding opinion of mine. I just, I don't get yeah. it. Um, but, with with Tillman, who I think has been a good signing, and maybe we'll touch on that in the in the front office section later. In general, the talent is here, and to fill the roles that it seems like Chirundolo wants of the two eights being extremely vertical and covering a lot of ground, winning the ball, trying to feed and, and create transition attacks. I think they execute that at a level that is higher than ninety five percent of eights in Major League Soccer. So I will go ahead and, and not give them all the way in A because I think Sifuentes has either regressed a little bit or maybe hit his ceiling. And I hope that there would be kind of one more level to his game. And yeah. Tillman, I think, has cooled down a little bit after the start of the year. I will go ahead and give them a B plus. Uh, I like what mm. these players bring, even if I can clearly see, and I think everybody can clearly see, they are not complete players, right? That that yeah. last final ball, Sifuentes hits it maybe, you know, one out of five times, right? And Acosta hits it about a similar rate. Like, they're not bringing that last little bit, but I guess I am. I have accepted that they're probably never going to do that, and that might just be the reality of being a player that's in this league for more than twelve months. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that it's it's a smart way to look at it, right? And only like if they're tasked to do this, can they do it? Can they execute it? Are they doing it better than the rest of the guys in the league? So I think that's fair. Uh, the grade I I said if you had to twist my arm and give a grade, I would give a C minus as well. So this is a wash. Oh, we're uh, tied. Let's here. go. Um, but um, yeah, for, for me it's kind of like I similar. I I don't know, right? Because we talked about Bogic has played most of his minutes at forward, even though he's only looked like strong in the midfield, and we think we both think he should be a midfielder full time. Mm-hmm. Tillman and Acosta have been injured right Ilya is is solid he's good but it's like how much can that position do to really impact the game when it's just Ilya 
there, right? And you're trying to play the like you said, this vertical game where you want it, you want to just counter press and counter attack immediately. Uh, I think I think it was you that put something out earlier in the year that they were like the the most direct team in MLS, um, and that they were getting to goal at like some ridiculous pace. Yeah, they're um, they're super they're super duper direct, and and at times yeah. that can limit Ilya's impact, right, in terms right. of what he's able to do. Um, uh, yeah, I, yeah, there like there are a lot of layers to this, genuinely, and and I love yeah. the Bogus as a midfielder shout, even though that hasn't been his main spot. Like his his chance creation and goal scoring numbers, and, and sort of you watch him in the final third, and it feels like maybe there's a little bit of a block there, but his ability to get on the ball and drive it forward, I think is, is very impressive. And his frame feels like somebody that feels like a frame that could lend towards somebody being fairly strong in that position. So I like that idea and and toss in a few of the moves that are coming up that we already are, no are going to happen. Right. Right, This will be gone. They've already brought in another player that, that looks like it's, it's going to be a a fairly regular contributor there in cross dev, right in that, in that number eight spot. That's my expectation for him. So I can understand, Josh. You did the incomplete, right? Just, just so I. No, I had. Kirk. I gave the incomplete. Oh, oh that's right. Okay, see, never mind. So both, to, both a C minus. I my official grade was an incomplete. Because uh, for okay. me, Kellen Acosta is the Jordan Henderson of Major League Soccer. He only passes sideways and backwards, but he plays a role defensively in terms of being an engine when he's healthy. For sure, right? Doesn't give you a whole lot more going forward, but he he plays a decent role, and I think it allows Ilya to get forward when he's around um and i think that's where he actually his best places is actually more as a guy who flattens out underneath underneath that fullback when the fullback pushes high and again the bounce i think the midfield bounce has been off when or actually the field bounce has been off when um acosta has been out because i think when you play tillman and and sifu together you you end up just pushing like what you're seven deep up high and then you're just mm-hmm. left with Ilya plus those center backs at the back because he's just it's just too much without much understanding of field like again I, I feel like the field awareness is better for Acosta in terms of understanding where the defensive balance needs to come from um but again Sifu is you either get 25 million dollar Sifu or get the heck out of town Sifu is kind of where where we've landed on where it's like he's either the guy that everyone you know, he hits that pass against what's sent like, you know, the twirling one touch. Yeah. yeah. You know, where it's just like, okay, where was that all season? Um, and you know, again, some of and some of the stuff he does. And then the other side of it is the inconsistency where he just doesn't look like he's there, not tracking back yeah. on defense, all these types of things that we've we've discussed at length on the pod. But at the same time, yeah, you just wish you get a little bit more, a little bit more connection, and you, you often find yourself wondering where the midfield is, as opposed to anything else. Like I said, they, yeah. to me, they disappear more than they play poorly. Yeah, that's all fair. I, I just wonder as I, I think about this LAFC team, not that there aren't these players around Major League Soccer, but sort of think about the other players that could functionally succeed as either a number six or two number eights for Steve Strongelow. And I kind of wonder, like, who are the players that would do a better job? Not that, not that there aren't any, right? I think yeah, St. Yeah. Louis and Edward Leuven, is, is a, he's a fantastic number eight. Big frame, very technical. Looks like he came over from the Bundesliga, which he did, right? Even though he was sort of a fringe player there. He's been fantastic. That's just one example. I'm sure there are many others. But I, I'm not sure there are that many others, right? And so yeah, all yeah. the criticisms, again, are, are totally fair. But I think that's why I skew higher on, on this and, and most of these grades, to be honest is just having the, the full lens or thinking through like, 
how many MLS teams are on the total other side of the spectrum Mm -hmm. and would kill for one or two of these guys across these different groups. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I think that's because we are myopically, myopically focused on, on LAFC. So I think this is like, it's a good counterweight to have to make sure that we're not just like killing these guys when it's like, Hey, you're not going to, you're not going to find anything else within the league. That's going to be better than this. So, we appreciate that perspective for sure. I do. I do hear this Busquets guy's all right though in midfield. I don't know if you guys have checked him. Oh, out, but he might be. He might be yeah. worth a look. Yeah, could be. Could be. Could be. <laughs> could be. We'll have to wait and see if he has the athleticism and 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 you know strength right. to play in an MLS midfield. Yeah, time will tell. <laughs> Does he have the midfield bite? Is the question? Oh, uh, the midfield bite. That that's the word. That's the word that drives me crazy. Somebody, somebody might want to pressure Busquets in the midfield. Maybe, maybe if there's time. Uh, if I mean, if not, we'll just continue to get good-looking goals out of out of the two. But anyway, okay. Uh, the true group project grade here, Josh, is uh, is the forward group, um, and it's going to be a wash here too because uh, we both gave them a B. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll continue to go up just like half a notch and I'll go to a B plus. <laughs> I, I think and I'm I'm yeah. guessing that your guys' thoughts on this are similar, talking about the number nine position. It feels to me like this grade would be higher if there had been a nine from the start. Not just because that nine would have brought something out uh, of themselves and scored some goals, but because that nine would have brought something more out of these players. Right. I think yeah. the idea of yeah. Stipe Buke and Buwanga and Vela, it, it's kind of fun in MLS that they all rotate around the field. And in one moment you got Vela centrally and the next moment he's on the right and Bowanga's in the middle and, and Buke's on the left. Like it's fun that they do that. And that has been kind of an LAFC thing for a while, even when there has been a more traditional nine in the squad. But I, I don't think with these players with Vela who is old and slow and Bowanga who is not old, but is not really in his prime at this point and is not rapid and Buke who is fast and young and, and trending towards his prime. Like, I just don't think it makes a lot of sense to have Buanga Central or Vela Central. So I think the nine, now and Gonzalez will come in and he's going to make this group look a lot better, both because he's going to be scoring goals yeah. uh, to pull out the old Garth Lagerwayism, right? He's he's went out and been successful in two different leagues, right? He's sort of in his mm-hmm. relative prime. I don't, is he 28, 27, 27? I don't, I don't I know how old he is. 28. 28, right? So 28. About, about the age of Buanga. So I would say, you know, maybe trending out of his prime, but for a, a striker that's not having to do a ton of running is, is probably got a lot of miles left in his legs. Like he's been successful in Portugal scoring double digit goals. He's been successful in Belgium scoring double digit goals. If you can do that, your odds of succeeding in major league soccer, I would have to imagine are very, very good. So Gonzalez will bump this grade up, but I think we'll see even better versions for stretches, at least of Buanga, of Vela, of Buke. So I'll go B plus with the expectation or at least the optimistic hope that, in terms of wanting to watch good teams in Major League Soccer, that LAFC will improve and that that forward group is going to really come together with that number nine kind of drawing attention and, and doing some of the dirty work in between uh, the boxes and, in, and doing a lot of dirty work inside the eight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think for us it was more like, uh, and this is why I said it was like a group project grade, right? Where you have Bowanga who's like, yep, maybe the only reason that they're in the position that they're in at this point this year, they're, they're still second in the West, right? Um, and then you have Vela who's, like you said, old and slow, and, and he's less and less effective, it seems, every year. Um, Opoku does some good things and then does some young player things, and now he's gone anyway. Buke, like you said, still kind of the same thing, right? Where it's like 
you just want to, he's not complete yet. And then, yeah, the, the complete absence of a striker. So it's like you have these kind of disparate grades for every single every single player. But Bawanga is there and generally crushing things when he has a yeah. little bit of support and he's not having to do it all on his own. But, yeah. But yeah. that's kind of the issue, right, is that he's had to do most of the heavy lifting because there's not a, there, the midfield support has been consistent and then the supporting cast at the front line has been inconsistent. Yeah. And then to add on top of that, when you kind of look at the totality, right? Like who was, it's interesting because when we look at Gonzalez, I do think like you're saying, Joe, it's like it's going to make a big impact because who was Chicho before he got to LAFC? He was a guy that had failed in Portugal, then came back to Colombia and had succeeded fairly well there, right? And But still, Nana, he had a, I think he only scored double digit goals one time in his career prior to coming to LAFC, mm. right? Um you know, same thing with Dio. Dio was playing left back or, so, or right back for Hull at one point, I think, um, prior to coming to LAFC and then was one of the more proficient scorers, you know, for the team and opened things up quite a bit for Carlos Vela and for Diego Rossi and so on and so forth. So I think the I think the biggest thing is like you just need competent movement from a number nine to open to open up space. And the issue is that I don't think it's always been the dance hasn't always been fluid. Right, it's often disjointed, and it's often look like they have two left feet, yeah. and it hasn't looked well as opposed to what it hopefully will be when you have a guy who understands the spacing and the positioning. Where now Vela, again, even in his limited capacities, can still hit a, a pass that no one else can hit, right outside of your top ten, number tens in the league, right um, from that wing, or Bwanga, who's been able to showcase his ability to get to goal, but again, as of late, has basically just put his head down and tried to go one on three for the last ten games, right? It hasn't looked nearly as effective as he has earlier in the season. So once Apoku was no longer, you know, once he was deemed no longer a threat, it, the Bwanga effect seemed to start to wear off slowly but surely as time went on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last two here, Joe. The next one we'll go with is the manager, Steve Terundolo. He's received a B minus and a C plus so far. I will, I will, oh, B minus is tempting. I have B written down. That's what I've got down for Terundolo. Yeah. I figured we'd be doing Terundolo in the front office, so I came in with grades for those. <laughs> I didn't know how to grade everything else, so I just had general ideas, but that's what I've got in my notes. Yeah. So I'll stick with the B. Uh, I, I came in in time to hear the CCL final brought up as a talking point, and Fair enough, because that was a questionable decision from Trundolo, and it, it's always hard with managers, right? Because you're not inside the locker room. None of us are inside the locker room. We don't know what they're drawing up. But we do know, or at least come fairly close to knowing, that Trundolo probably wasn't telling Aaron Long or some of these players to go full rogue in the middle of the back line and to have no cover, right? So <laughs> there's this line that's it's impossible yeah, to know yeah. where to find of like, this is on the manager and this is on the players for not executing. And even if it is on the players, maybe that goes back to the manager because of communication issues, or maybe it doesn't. The player's just not paying attention or not thinking, right? So yeah, how we grade that is really hard, but I will go with a B. I know there were some, some pieces written about how Trundle should be a men's national team managerial candidate for the U.S. I, I don't think we have really any evidence to do that. Has he been successful? Yes. Has he made deep runs in, in knockout competitions? Yes. Are those in general things you want out of a national team coach? Absolutely. But he also has the advantage of having probably the most talented squad in this whole darn league, right? So yeah. that is what sort of precludes me from giving any higher of a rating and the fact that they're they're not the best team in the West right now on points at the very least, even if I think 
there's a darn good chance they end up top of the West by the time the regular season is over. I'll go with the B. I think there have been mistakes. You guys talked about it. I, I mentioned the final. I think yeah. that's very real. There have been some other issues along the way. B feels about right to me. Yeah. So it is now two to two. I actually gave the B minus. <laughs> and Josh gave the C plus. Nice work. In a strange turn of events there. Um, so the final one, uh, Joe, is the front office. Um, they've received an A minus and a B. This one's tough, right? Without some context in terms of what decisions were forced because of roster rules yeah. and what decisions yep. were pursued because of the belief that that was the right thing to do from a soccer perspective. It makes it really, really hard to give an accurate grade. I will go with an A because in general, and, and I think a lot of the transfers have, have hit for LAFC in general. I think yeah. the work that John Thorrington and, and co have done has been excellent in this league. They've kind of earned the benefit of the doubt in a lot of ways. And, and that's kind of mm -hmm. what we have to give them given that we're a few days away from the close of that secondary transfer window. So there's still questions. Like we don't know for a fact that Gonzalez is going to hit, even if I, I would be pretty confident that he would, we don't know that the midfield will, will gel without Sifuentes and, and with Krastev in the squad. We don't know some of these things and, and it seems like there's going to be one more move. So like there, there's still some things that are up in the air, but what I will say is, are you bringing a Chucky Lozano rumor on this show? Joe no, I'm not even going to say it. Um, I'd love that. <laughs> Tom to Boger is going to lose it the I'd, next time you speak with him. Tom, that's just kind of Tom's like, Tom's always like on the edge of that anyway. It's, that's a big part of his New Jersey brand. I love you, Tom. Um, so yeah. I, I feel like Tom's always teetering right there anyway, which is a part of what makes him so fun. I, I would love to see Chucky Lozano. I got nothing on that, whether it's happening or not. I would assume whatever Tom says goes. But like, I think about the Apoku trade. Yeah, Poku for me was, he, he's a fun player, uh, not a complete player, very raw, I think still has a lot of room to grow and maybe he will, maybe he won't. He's not like a necessity in this squad. And if you can clear out a little bit of room yeah. and, and you can have Bogush play on the wing occasionally, you can have Buke and, and Buanga and Vela now kind of rotate through those spots, maybe an academy kid here and there and bring in a nine to give you that little bit of extra versatility. Yep. Not that 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 was the move that the nine was waiting on to happen or anything like that. But you get the idea, right? I think that yeah. was a smart way to look at, hey, we have a finite number of resources. Let's go out and collect more flexibility and, and move a Poku to someplace in Montreal that he can probably be successful and be a bigger part of that team. That's just one example. I, yeah. I, I like what they've done for the most part. Not having a Rongo is difficult, but by and large, given what we know, at least in the moves that have been made and some of what we can suppose about what's had to have been done out of necessity, think a lot more signings have hit than mistakes have been made yeah no I, I think I think you're spot on there with the idea that they they keep hitting on things and they they it is pretty rare that they flat out miss right and there you know there's a there's a handful around everybody's for I feel like for the rest of time we're all going to talk about Andre Orta and that back pass to the galaxy being just like the worst DP signing of of all of all time um and you know, uh, what the the Uruguay? Like, why can't I think of his name right now? Just because he hasn't Rodriguez? been here. Uh, Janela, no, Janela. Oh, Janela. Um, he's still on loan, right? He's trying to find a spot for him. Rodriguez didn't pan out. Um, but yeah, it, for me, I think the big thing for me is is the lack of a, a, of a like readily available plan for yeah. for Chicho. Yeah. Um. So I gave the I gave the B there. Josh gave the A minus. Um, seems like we may have lost Joe here for a second, Josh. Are you still hearing me, Josh? Yeah. Okay. I think Joe froze up here. Oh, and now he dropped. 
<laughs> now he's reconnecting. He's back. I'm back. I'm back. There he is. Actually, can I? I had time to reflect in the 12 seconds that I was away. <laughs> can I drop this down to an A minus? I think you guys have, uh, Kirk, you've convinced yeah. me with the number nine discussion. A is probably a touch high, even though yeah. like you run through the list from the offseason and there's a lot of names that, that you really kind of have to like. I do yeah. think that yeah. has been a miss. Uh, and, and it seems like that's something that maybe could have been remedied before now. I, I don't know. I, I don't have all the context there, obviously, but I'll drop yeah. to the A minus. I know that doesn't affect the score of the game, but I, I definitely oh, like had to get Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's Josh. Spoiler alert, Josh won. Uh, but now now he hit that, he got that score precisely correct. He he, he gave the A minus. Um, but yeah, it, it's, um, it is tough. Like you say, MLS makes it difficult and, you know, uh, pros and cons involved with that. We mostly see them as cons. <laughs> um, and it's, it is when you buy the league, that's what you get. Right. And so we bought it. And so here we are, this is what, this is the way things are gonna, are gonna be. But I think, like I said, you, in, in, to look on the other flip side of things, JT gets graded on his own curve, right? Like we don't, that's true. We don't grade John Thornton against, you know, the decisions that other, other teams who have not performed well have made, right? We look at JT and we say, okay, he brought in Gareth Bale and Chiellini and you won an MLS cup. So that's the context, obviously that we're going to grade him by. And so again, that's where, again, give any other manager, any other uh, general manager, the same window, and I think it's an it's an it's an A, yeah. And because again, like he's made some great moves. I do yeah. like the pieces he put in place. But again, whether it be we don't again we don't understand the context of the Chicha move. But again, it's really hard to see a guy like that who wanted to be in LA for all for all intents and purposes that for everything we could we are heard wanted to stay to let him go, right? And again, why what what brought about that decision? I don't know. But yeah, um, you know, for the guy to have got you through a rough rough spot in the car you know when vela gets hurt in do that in 2021 right when he comes into the team and mm-hmm. the team is at its low point chijo was like the one bright spot right then you head into last year he's the driving force between behind winning you an mls cup and then now to see him go under the circumstances i think again it's 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 definitely something that a lot of fans have had a hard time getting over yeah. you know in the long yeah. run yeah. i still don't think my wife has forgiven jt for letting him walk away <laughs> <laughs> and then to see him re-sign with RSL right I, I think was gonna the say, flip side of it too that's that's the real dagger it, it is. genuinely to have RSL be as good as they are right now I think it should scare everybody in the west I don't I don't yeah. think they are a better team pound for pound than LAFC or, or I was gonna say Seattle maybe League's Cup would disagree with me so I'll stop on that and just say LAFC I think talent wise LAFC is LAFC is still you know a decent bit ahead but this RSL team with Arango and Diego Luna, who's been just fantastic. And I've had the, the privilege of seeing him play in person a bunch of times down here in Arizona at the Barca Residency Academy in Casa Grande. Like, he's the real deal. Savarino yeah. is is an above average MLS winger. Krylak can be awesome in any given moment. Like, RSL kind of cooked a little bit by, with, with that Arango signing in this transfer window. They knew yeah. exactly what they yeah. were getting. And with, I think, two goals and four starts at the moment, he has, he has been that. You don't them. say... Yeah, right. Who could who could have foreseen that, right? A guy that scores in the league. Yeah, no, I do, um, I love Diego Luna. I think he's like such a different type. We made the the crack about is Busquets athletic yeah. enough, right? Yeah, that's like, Luna in a different he, spot. 100%. He's such a different type of midfielder that I think it's good for people in the league to see different player profiles. Where it's like, oh, 
you don't have you don't have to be Brendan Aronson to be successful in the league. And like Aronson is a kid that I show I show my oldest Brendan Aronson mm. film all the time because he's so lazy on the field. Like my kid does not move at all when he's not not on the ball. So I'm always showing him Brendan Aronson film. Like, dude, this kid gets it. Why don't you? You know, uh, but like you can be a different type of midfielder, and that's good. That's a good thing. Um, but anyway, yeah, no need to get into that. But Joe, uh, we want to be mindful of your time. Um, to remind the people where they can find you. You're in like a bajillion different places, all bigger than this show, but we're going to pretend just for a minute that we can help your soccer career here. No. Well, first of all, this has been awesome. And I liked, I liked our great game and it's always genuinely, again, a real joy for me to talk LAFC with you guys and to hear your thoughts. People can read the vast majority of my writing over at backyield.com, which is an independent website covering American soccer. We're full steam ahead on U.S. Women's National Team coverage at the Olympics, at the Olympics, the World Cup. Good gracious, guys. What's going on at the World Cup? And then MLS coverage and all, all that good stuff, other American soccer stuff as well. So check out backheel.com, and then you can follow me on Twitter. Or are we doing this? Are we doing this X thing? I They can follow me on... It's called Twitter. On Twitter, at Joe C. Lowry. And that's probably the easiest spot if uh, if you enjoyed anything I said to find more of me out there on the internet. Yeah. Again, well, thank you for humoring us and pretending that we can amplify your voice any more no, than it already no, this is. is great, guys. This is awesome. uh, you can follow the show at counterpress underscore me at Kirk Kinsey. Josh. LAC Josh on Twitter. Special thank you to Joe for joining the show tonight. We will talk to you all after the League's Cup cash tournament match on Wednesday. Good night, everybody. <laughs>